From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The Dow, the S&P, and NASDAQ are all trading higher, both the Dow and the S&P 500 index, trading at a record, a 10-point gain right now for the S&P 500 index at 2163. That is a gain of five-tenths of one percent. So stocks extending a rally amid corporate results that point to resilience in the global economy. J.P. Morgan Chase out with earnings this morning. It is up by 2.1%. The Dow up 132 points now to 18,504. That's a gain of 7 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ up 27, a gain there of 6 tenths of 1%. Gold down 11.30 the ounce to 13.32, a drop there of 8 tenths of 1%. Crude oil, West Texas Intermediate up 2%, a barrel right now of 88 cents. 45.64 on West Texas Intermediate Crude. I'm Charlie Peloton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. 22,000 televisions. Yes, that's how many televisions Amazon managed to sell by 11 a.m. Eastern Time on its prime sales day. But that number grew to about 90,000 televisions by the end of the year. I mean, rather, by the end of the day. Indeed, uh, it's possible that when all the sales are finally counted for prime day, some reports estimate that this year's event could reach a billion dollars in a single day of sales. Now, a lot of that stuff that is purchased, those televisions, for example, are moved by robots in warehouses. And here to tell us more about this is Bruce Welty. He is the founder, the chairman, and the visionary of Locus Robotics. Thank you very much for being with us. Bruce Welty. I beg your pardon. Danny Blanchflower, you're not a robot expert. Well, not really. I, I beg your pardon. I was life. so, you know, I was so hyped by that billion-dollar single sales day figure <laughs> that I've just been focused on on the amount of stuff that people are buying. And I, maybe you can talk about that because you're a labor economist. I mean, if you could have a billion-dollar sales day, what does that tell you about the health of the economy? Well, I don't know. A billion dollars may be a, quite a big number, but in the context of central banking, it's not, um, Tim. So I don't know. Good. <laughs> I'm not an expert on sales at Amazon, but it was really interesting. But I came on to talk about central banks. Anyway. All right. So tell us about <laughs> central banks and the Bank of England's uh, non-event today. Well, it's really quite a surprise in that um, it had pretty much been signaled that they were going to move, and Carney had said that. Um, everybody was thinking it, and the members of the committee would have known that it was a surprise not to move. It certainly was a surprise to me. 
especially when you read the minutes. If you read the minutes, there's really very little um, argument in there about not acting. It's sort of apocalyptic in lots of ways. It says business sentiment's collapsing. There's terrible evidence from their agents. There's awful evidence from the housing market. The bank's uncertainty indicator has risen. Um, basically, it's about that they're going to take some time to think and move in August because there's a new government and a new chancellor who they have to coordinate with, and he's been in office for 12 hours. Um, so that's a lot of the problem, but it's a problem about nobody in England really is actually making economic policy. Um, there's chaos. Well, there's a chance for you, Danny Blanchflower. You're a professor of economics at Dartmouth College, a Bloomberg Television contributing editor, and uh, you uh, were on the uh, policymaking committee of the Bank of England. Right. If, if all of this information that you're receiving turns out to uh, give you a wrong signal, does that mean you need to change your antenna, or does the signal right. need to change? Well, I think, I think if you're at a central bank, you always have to worry on two sides. You say, if I act... Um, and, I'm, and I shouldn't have done what then. But you also think, if I should have acted and I didn't, what then? And the second always looks looks worse. I mean, you have a, a sentence in the in this minute which says, the evidence suggested the uncertainty flowing from the Brexit result was likely to depress economic activity. Well, then perhaps you you should act. The reason, I would say, is that they're likely to go to quantitative easing, but the way it's set up in the UK, because of the bank's balance sheet, they need to get permission from the Chancellor. Um, and so this is a delay, but it's a delay because of a, of a vote that wasn't expected, a government that didn't plan for this vote, and markets obviously should be mindful of that. I think it was a big surprise that they hadn't acted, and I think there's many similarities, and people will not like to hear this, but there are many similarities in comparison with 2008, where the data started to tank, and it took the MPC and it took the Fed a long time to work out that the economy had actually moved into recession. And many forecasters now in the UK are actually saying, Credit Suisse, Goldman Sachs, others are saying, the UK may quickly go into recession. So you think they ought to act. But, um, but there's, there's chaos going on as the government's fallen. And, and of course, there's Boris. So... <laughs> all right. Well, do you first of all do do you concur with uh, with the Bank of England's desire to stimulate the economy, and that maybe there'll be a recession? I think the evidence certainly looks that way. Um, my my biggest concern is the is really these surveys that out in the last week or so with a big collapse in consumer and business confidence. Business is saying they are going to delay investment projects, postpone recruitment. I mean, animal spirits can move very quickly. And once they move, you've really got to put a stop to them because they can really spiral downwards. So I would have said the Bank of England should be getting its retaliation in first and early. Um, but it, it has a history of, of basically delaying. I mean, the arguments are, we've got all this evidence, why don't you do something? And they say, we're going to delay. And, and the thing you would argue would be, well, what evidence to the upside are you going to see between now and August? The, li the likelihood is you're going to see more bad news, and you probably should have got in first. So I don't think that's a, 
a very good idea, and, and I think markets will respond to that, especially if we, if we get bad data in the next month or so, which I suspect we're going to get. Well, there was a news item today that Burberry is uh, putting off uh, a decision to expand its uh, weaving facilities in the United Kingdom, uh, delaying the implementation of about a $65 million project. But they said that delay might be quite short and, uh, as long as they get a fix on what Brexit will really mean for them. Do you think that, that, will, that all this business will come back? Well, we will have to see, Pim. I mean, I think what, what, we're, what we realized is that the, the government neither had a plan of what to do in economic terms if there was a post-Brexit vote, and the Brexiters themselves had no plan about the form in which, which discussions would take place with the European Union. So really, we don't know. Um, the, the, the new chancellor, I think, said yesterday, instead of the two years it would take to resolve the exit, it might take six. Thank you very much. Danny Blanchflower, professor of economics at Dartmouth College, a Bloomberg Television contributing editor. This is Bloomberg. Coming up on Taking Stock, yes, we are going to talk about Amazon and Amazon's Prime Sales Day volume jumped 60%. Sales, when all tallied, could reach a billion dollars in a single day. That's next. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for the Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash Radio.